0: Guys, have your Bible. You can turn to Ecclesiastes chapter three, one through eight. And just so you guys know that uh, after um, after uh, April, we're not going to have this or anything. So bring your Bibles or your apps or whatever. Just have those ready. But let's just begin with this opening prayer. If you guys will pray this with me, and this will set this will set up our time. And then I'm going to read the text today, and then we'll we'll get into it. Will you guys pray with me? Lord, give us life as we seek you in your kingdom with a whole heart, as we attempt to fear you and keep your commandments. Let our life be found in Christ, led by the Holy Spirit, as we walk in the arena of God's great mysteries. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born And a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Uh, I love this passage, like, a lot. I love it a lot, not just because of the bird songs, which by the way, Jim wanted me to try and sing. And I looked at it and I was like, dude, there's like 17 guitars playing that thing. And there's no way it's just, there's no way I could, I could do that song, but I do love that song, but it's because this passage of scripture has led me very, very well over the years. And I think that it has a lot of wisdom built into it as we try and live out this Christian life. There is, not, there is not a time for evil and sin. Let's just put it that way. So even when it says a time to kill and a time to heal, it's not saying like, well, I don't know. Is this a time to kill somebody? No, probably not to murder or have sin. That's not what this is, is, uh, is saying. There's not a time that evil wins. Uh, it's, there, so there's no time for that. But there are different times and different seasons for life. And not everyone is in the same place at the same time, and so we can't, um, and this should be obvious, but it's not. So not everybody is in a time to seek or lose, you know, and maybe somebody else is in a different time or season, and we get to make allowances for the difference in others. I think that this text is really a call for unity as we uh, can allow for differences of others. Maybe um, sometimes someone is in just a different season that's not like our season. And so for them, that, whereas we might have like had a time to dance, maybe for them it's a time to mourn. And that's okay as we allow uh, other people to follow Jesus and what Jesus has for them, not the timeline that we have for them. And this balance helps us out because I've said in a number of sermons over the years, I'm not a pacifist, but I'd like to be. You guys have heard me say that. Um, This passage is why I'm not a pacifist outright, actually, because there is a time for war just as there is a time for peace. And this helps us see that there's not an always and forever answer um, or not an always and forever solution to some of our problems. But. That there are different ways to go about them, and and really, um, we're trying to see what God has for us in the midst of this. And I'm not sure which pair of these sayings speaks to you more. Maybe for you, there's a there's a time to keep, uh, there's a time to keep silent, and a time to speak. Maybe that's something that you just need to process. Maybe it's a time to weep and a time to laugh, or a time to tear and a time to sow. For me, the most the one that gets me every time is there's a time for war and there's a time for peace. And part of it is, is because I always want peace to be the solution. I never want to go to war. And there are, uh, and yet there are times for war and we just need to admit that. And and I need to admit that to myself. There There is also a time uh, to destroy what, Wants to overtake and dominate others and persecute others. And I think that too many times, too many people jump to war too quickly. We live in a culture that loves war. And so we jump to war real quickly. And I would always vote for peace. But that's even at the expense when war might be needed. And just honestly coming to this with a little bit of, little bit of humility saying, You know what? I don't know. And so what we need in this world where there's two seemingly opposites, war and peace, or two different ways that are permitted for us to walk out a Christian life, what we need is discernment. We need spiritual discernment to help us figure some things out. We need spiritual discernment to figure out which step Jesus would have for us to take. And I don't think this is an easy task. I don't think this is something um, that it just comes to us naturally. Yet it is an important one. And this tax means that we we cannot assume, we always know where exactly Jesus would have us. Sometimes we can plan out ahead of time, but sometimes we get to let Jesus surprise us as he leads us in our life. And we get to pay attention to the life that he is leading us on. And instead of presuming, We know where he's leading us, or we we have our 10-year plan, Lord. Um, You know what? We get to say, no, you know what? I'm just going to follow him this next step. And in order to do that, we need discernment. So I thought this is a little bit different sermon, I think, than normal sermons. But the definition, I don't normally do definitions of like this word. But this is what I want us to give us as a framework for working with when I say definition. It's trying to figure out where Jesus is leading us by paying attention to the Holy Spirit. Trying to figure out where Jesus is leading us by paying attention to the Holy Spirit. The first thing that we need for discernment is humility. Humility is a death to self. And in that death, we need the resurrection of Jesus in our lives. Because, and there's a time to live and a time to die. And God gives us pleasures and there's toils and time. Uh, 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 for everything under the sun. And so we get to die to our thoughts and our desires and listen and hear with the ears of our heart. And once we hear, we walk out what Jesus would have for us. We ask what Jesus asks us to do. That's what we do. And in this, we need humility. Thinking more of Jesus and his ways than we think of our own. And if we have humility... Um, then how do we hear from the Holy Spirit? And that's what I'd like to discuss today. I would suggest, and this is not all-encompassing, There are are, I I was thinking about this, um, like Mary had an angel visitor. That's a good way to hear from what the Holy Spirit has for you. I wish that would happen to all of us. There are many different ways, but I'm going to suggest three today that I think are helpful and kind of practical things for for working out spiritual discernment in our own life. And so how do we pay attention? We, pay, we can pay attention by following the following things. It's scripture, community, and emotions. So scripture, Jesus left us a document that is alive and speaks to our life and situation, right? That being the Bible. And the Bible is not, um, I know some people are like, when you have questions, just go to the Bible and you get answers. I don't think it's like a question and answer book like that. Uh, It's not necessarily a manual or a roadmap for life. I've heard it called a roadmap for life. And I come to it when I'm at a decision and I'm like, okay, if it's a roadmap, there's no, like, I, I don't know, I don't know what to do here. And you're just trying to figure out it's a living document. God's word is alive and it's sharper than two edged sword and it can speak to us. The scriptures speak to us. They don't always give us the answers that we're looking for, but it still speaks. And when I say scriptures speaks to us, it's not the type of speaking, like it's not an audible voice. We've been having this discussion with our kids. It's not an audible voice, but it's it's not, and it's not like the speaking of a motivational poster gives us. It's not like we just throw Bible verses up and go, okay, well, let's just that pick that one today. We don't use Bible verses to just keep us motivated for whatever we accomplish. We've seen people do that, right? Well, you know, all things work together for good of those who love Jesus and are called according to His purpose, which is a very, very true verse in its right context and in the right time. But that doesn't mean you just get to do whatever you want, like whenever you want, and God will bless you in that. That's not how Scriptures work. Because when we come to Scripture... Scripture stands above us and we start with humility, knowing that, which means we come to scripture and allow it to lead and guide us rather than put whatever we want to say onto scripture. And we come to scripture in a place where we are really willing to be wrong about our assumptions, about our questions, about where to go. And we remember that there is a time to break down and a time to build up. And this is not just true in Ecclesiastes. This is true with the rest of scripture as well. Because there are, even in the New Testament, there are things when Paul would say one thing to one people and almost seemingly contradictory thing to another people. So it's a lot like this Ecclesiastes where we just get to discern. Because quite honestly, what I love about all sorts of Christian arguments is everybody has their Bible verses. And you know what? Most of them use them in context. And yet, at the same time, they can't seem to mesh them up. And, but when we come to Scripture, we come to it because we can receive conviction from sin. The Holy Spirit can use Scripture to point out where we're not measuring up to uh, the holy life that God has for us. And we can see where our longings and desires don't match up for with what Jesus has for us, what Jesus says is a full life for us. And when we get there, you know what happens? We get to change. Because we trust in Jesus that this change will be for the better. It'll be for life and not just for death. And when we confess our sins before Jesus and one another, this helps us stay in humility and on the path that Jesus has for us. There are times in Scripture when we're looking for direction and we go to open it and our solution will come forth. Amen? Has that ever happened to you? It's happened to me before. Or like, I love... um, you know, uh, people just go, I opened the Bible and I blindly pointed at a verse and then it spoke to them. I believe that that happens. I totally believe that that happens. I think it's happened to me a time or two. And however, even in seasons, uh, there's a time and a place for that. But however, in seasons where we don't uh, need discernment in as much, we, you know what we still need? Scripture. We still need scripture. We still need to, we still get to learn and read and pray through and study or meditate on different chunks of scripture. I'm not suggesting that you have to read your Bible every day or every, or every year or that you need to know it inside and out. That is perfectly good for some folks. But to be uh, in scripture on the regular, like in a regular practice, is good for us. It's a helpful practice. Then all of a sudden we can we can um, know that as we're in Scripture, like we can just feel God speaking to us and saying, this is what I have for you. Or look, this verse came up today. This is in your already assigned kind of plan. And it's really helpful. And we don't need to necessarily come to it for answers. But in humility, we get to sit under Scripture's teaching and allow it to help lead and guide our lives. So then, we can know if it's a time for war or a time for peace. Scripture can lead us in that. There are times that when we come to Scripture, and I know us, us in the room well enough, that uh, there are we can come to it with, and there's confusion. We can come to it, and there's it's frustrating at times. But you know what? We get to keep at it. We get to keep at it, and the more uh, personally, the more I read Scripture, the more questions I have. But that's okay. Because the more, even though I have questions, the more I know that God's just there in the midst of it, leading and guiding and trying to instruct, and we just get to humbly submit ourselves to Scripture. Another helpful tool that Jesus gives us, uh, help in in finding out spiritual discernment, like whether it's a time to kill or a time to heal, is community. When we are talking about discernment, community can be immensely helpful. But I, I would note that community that you're a part of doesn't get to discern for you it's not how it works they don't get to tell you this is exactly what god's doing in your life do this or else that's i've seen that done and it's oftentimes uh not done with the best intentions it's spiritual manipulation i've heard uh this is for this is for the young girls in here but i've heard too many times where people said God said I was going to marry you and the guy's just trying to date you. So uh, if that's the case, rely on the rest of your community and just be patient with it and see what God has. But I would note that community doesn't get to discern for you. Sometimes God is asking you to do something than the different that the community would have you do. I've seen time and time again and heard time and time again and read time and time again uh, people like missionaries who their community said, don't go, it's not wise. And God said, go. And when God says go and the community says stay, we need to be obedient despite the recommendation from even a good, godly, and well-intentioned community. We get to obey God. God. We can't, in community, the community can't discern and act for us. We get to figure that out and they can be immensely helpful. So as we discern, we need to remain humble. We need to pursue scripture and seek out wise community from the or, or wise counsel from the community that God has us in. Even though the community can't discern for us, they, they, and they can get it wrong at times, most of the time they're helpful in determining the steps that Jesus would have us take. Just being in community that is committed to following Jesus like we are is a really big deal. Like we're committed to walking this thing out with Jesus and just being around others that are are like-minded is really good for us. In community, we can see people do things that surprise us as they follow Jesus. We can watch and witness what they're going through. We can see people die to self and follow Jesus even when it costs them. And when we see that, It blesses us, doesn't it? It blesses us. It goes, look, I I don't know. I'm not much into comparisons, but if they can do it, God, I'm sure your grace can be good enough for me to do this difficult task that I have. And when we see people have joy in struggles, in peace, in hard times, this may speak to us about where we are and where God wants us to be. I don't know how many times I've seen somebody else go through something and God's like, this is what I have for you. This is what I'm offering you. And we get to take part in that. So being in community allows us to see these things and and allows us to, to wrestle and be where God wants us. And then we can always meet with or talk with or pray with friends about our situation. This is a good thing. This is helpful. And I've had many friends through the years help me discern or help confirm the right steps that Jesus has for me in a given situation. Some friends don't even know that God is using them in the moment. It can just be in a random conversation. Like, through, I I look at friendship as like a million and one unfinished conversations. Like, it's just kind of, it just goes and it goes and it goes. And we never know what that person might walk away with or what that person may say something. They just said it. And then we walk away with it and the Holy, they had no idea what the Holy Spirit was doing in our heart at that time. And we can learn and discern. That's why I think it's important when we're in conversations with people to be spiritually attentive, to be spiritually aware of what's going on. But, uh, and, it's, and it's a beautiful thing when God uses that at times. Other times we just need prayer for strength. Right, That's one reason why, why we do the moment of prayer and w- prayer of strength of what God's asking to you, you to do and a community to stand by us in prayer. This is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, how many times has God put somebody on your heart and you just need to pray for them, but you don't know why? right? It happens. And you know what we get to do? We, as a friend, we get to pray for them. We don't know why we don't need to know why, but it's a blessing of being a part of a community and in asking that the Holy Spirit would help them discern what they're going to do and give them the strength to do what he's asked them to do. There are times when you talk and listen to a multitude of wise counsel where you have a question and you need to go and you need to listen and you need to figure it out. This is a very wise thing. And then we get to take their advice. We're not, again, it's not their job to discern for us. They're helping us figure out what God is saying to us. And when this is, uh, when this is needed, what I like to do, and you can do however you like to do. I like to see who God would put on my heart for the current situation. Oftentimes it's never the same people. It's like, no, you know what? I just need to talk to this person, this person, and this person. It's usually three people for me. I don't know why. Or sometimes it's like maybe two of those and another one. Sometimes it's just, you just kind of go around and see what God has for you. Even in that and spiritually discerning who who God would have for you um, is, is a beautiful thing. And I've, I've even had it to where like I've asked questions and it was a blessing to a uh, The other person more than me. One time, actually, I'll share this story real quick. One time I called somebody and I asked them a question about Hawaii. It was my only question. I hadn't talked to this person in three years. And about a month later, they said, hey, do you remember when you asked me about Hawaii? I was like, yeah. He goes, I was literally on my knees praying, asking God if I should move to Hawaii. And you called and just asked me about Hawaii. They didn't live in Hawaii. And now they live in Hawaii and so we haven't visited them so uh, maybe maybe we need to make that happen we need to make that happen yeah 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 i can call you and ask you about all sorts of things but in this what we're doing what what we're doing is when we just say okay god who would you have us ask for this advice in this we're actually rejecting the idea that there's a guru that's going to guide us and lead us in all things we're actually even in that Rejecting that, well, you know, I just need to ask the pastor, like, and he's he's closer to God. Which people have told me, and I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, we're all at the foot of the cross, amen. So, but it's it's it, it's in those things that we we don't have a guru. We can have mentors. We can have people speak into our life. That's fine. But no one has all the answers for us. No one's going to have those things. We can have our go-to people like all the time, and that is amazing, and that works for some folks. But just know that when we go and get a multitude of wise counsel, even in that, we need to go expecting that uh, their wisdom will be helpful. And if they're a follower of Jesus, then they're going to help us follow and seek Jesus. And a wise word from a good friend can be one of the most helpful things. And I, I, think, about it, I think about it this way. Especially, I find some of my wise counsel that I, I find I go to more often is because they give me counsel that they wouldn't actually do that thing that God is asking me to do. But they're encouraging me to, to go with it even though for them, it costs them a little bit. It costs them a little bit of like, Hey, that's not really my style, but I think this is what God has for you. Those are good and faithful friends that do that. And so in this community is helpful, but they can't discern for us, right? They can help. They can confirm. They can pray for, encourage us along the way, maybe even bring us back and help us remember what God is trying to speak to us. But we, as individuals get to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And then we get to listen, learn and obey. Amen. That's what we get to do in discernment. And last but not least, there are times that uh, there are more times than not, the Holy Spirit will use our emotions to help lead us. Now, I know this may be like a little bit controversial I in In certain churches that I was at in the past, most of them actually, they said uh, emotions aren't good. Just follow truth, follow knowledge, follow wisdom, follow your brain, follow logic. But you know what? The truth is, is that God gave us wonderful emotions. If I learned anything in the four and a half years in the Psalms, it's like uh, emotions are permitted. Emotions are certainly permitted. And again, if we have humility, if we have humility and we fall under the guidance of Scripture, and we have a good community around us, then we can have our emotions, and we can let them fall under the guidance of Scripture, and they're not leading us, as long as they're not leading us into sin, I'm going to say that our emotions are actually a great tool in helping us discern where God would lead us. Now, truth is is that the heart or the seed of our emotions it can be extremely helpful it can help move i think it can help move mountains if we want to but it can also deceive us and so even in that we need to discern we need to submit ourselves to scripture and community again and help uh and to help keep us in check and in humility uh humility means that we don't give to our into our every whim of our heart right um that we submit our emotions to Jesus. Because emotionally, I feel like I really need like a $25,000 guitar. I'm pretty sure the Holy Spirit's saying no. Pretty sure we're still praying through that one. But that's just the thing. When, when we get our hearts set on things. Yeah, that sometimes the Holy Spirit shows up uh, as a Mo in your life and says no. So, um, But there, if we think about it this way, this is a hard one for me too. There is a time to love and a time to hate. There's a time to love and a time to hate. When things, there are things that emotionally we get excited about, and there are things emotionally that repulse us. And this can help lead us. We know that Jesus' peace comes in hard times. We've all been through hard times when it's, we don't know what it is, but it's just the grace of God on us for the task that he has given us. And we get to lean into that grace and we get to walk in it. And then there's a time when a lack of peace means that we need to stay away or, or man, this is just not right. I need to go a different direction in life. Sometimes those emotions can be exhaustion, right? Because Jesus, your, your burden is light. Right. And we get to walk in this way. But then there are times that we get mad. Right. Amen. We can say, come on, I know us. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Come on. (laughs) Anger sometimes is what God feels as well. Anger is what God feels at times. There are times of great happiness. And you know what? that too is that time what God feels. And so for us as Christians, as, as beings, as people, like I, I find it interesting so many times like, you know, all things work together for the good and like just put on a smile. Yeah, but you know what? Sometimes there's frustration and that's okay. But we don't live there, right? We don't live there forever. We do eventually get to a place, but you, oh Lord, you've got this in control. I can trust you. We get to allow our emotions to fall under the jurisdiction of the Holy Spirit's guidance and allow the Spirit to use even our emotions to lead us. Amen. So when we do that, we get to ask, how is this emotion leading me closer to Jesus? Because if it's leading me further away, it's not, it's not of God. That's, that's a wrong thing. But if it's leading us towards Jesus and bringing that peace and that joy that the Holy Spirit promises, then we know oftentimes that we're on the right track. And we feel this these strong emotions. We can ask, God, what are you speaking through them? God, what is it that you're trying to teach me through this emotion? And sometimes it's like, I'm trying to teach you you need a nap. Or I'm trying to teach you that you, you need... Uh, to eat some food or something. Like sometimes God is trying to speak helpful things like that, but our emotions, let us not dismiss them when we're trying to discern what Jesus has for us because they're a helpful tool. They're a helpful tool. Like I said, discernment is not an easy task. It requires paying attention to our lives and paying attention to the Holy Spirit's work in our life. It requires us to be spiritually awake to, to enter into even seemingly, you know how many times the spiritual conversations have come from children where I'm praying through something and a kid just says something to me, they don't know what they're saying and the Holy Spirit's like that. That's what I have for you. So we get to pay attention when people are speaking to us. And this is what I pray that we may do the work of figuring it out. And this is how I put it to my own heart, figure out if we're to be at peace or at war. Or which one are we supposed to be? Or if we're supposed to reap or sow? I pray that we may do the work of following Jesus and seeking His kingdom with our whole heart, soul, and mind. Amen? And this sermon, by the way, is not a be-all, end-all in spiritual discernment. It's not all you need. You keep learning, keep growing. It's a small introduction. But let us dive in and listen to what the Spirit wants to speak to us. Let us work it out. I don't find that God is in as big a hurry as we are. Right? I think of things that get prayed for for years and years and then all of a sudden God speaks and there's the answer that we've been waiting for. His schedule and His timetable are not rushed like ours are. There will be times to move quick, but there will also be times to move slow as well. So if we're not sure if it's quick or slow, move slow until you are sure. And that because we know that it lines up with the character of God and God is a patient God. He doesn't care if it takes years and years to work something out in your life. He just wants you to be there and be attentive. Last but not least, spiritual discernment should lead us to a place where we know and we feel and are reminded of God's great love for us. Spiritual discernment should always bring us to a place where Jesus has accepted us because He loves us, because Jesus loves you and me. Jesus proved His love in many ways, and He proved it to the point of death on a cross, and it was His love that held Him on the cross, His love for you and me. Jesus died for us to show the extent of His love. He wants to speak that to us always and forever. That's, again, why we celebrate communion. So that we can remember His love for us. That if you take nothing else out of of today, at least you're fed by Christ's love, knowing that Christ laid down His life for you. Jesus died for us to show the extent of His love. He rose again to show us that impossible things can happen with God. Amen? Impossible things can happen with God. Our lives are to be resurrected with His. He left His Holy Spirit to remind us of His love, and His love never fails, and it never quits. So let us lean into His love. And if anything, uh, if spiritual discernment should always lead us more and more into His love. So Jesus, I thank you for Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1-8. through 8. It's very helpful. Lord, it's been a guiding light for a long time. I pray that you will help us discern what time it's for, Lord. Whether we're to do this or that. Lord, if we're not in times of discernment, let us still be tethered to you and tethered to your community so that we can continually be attentive and be ready for you to speak to us at any moment. In Jesus' name, amen.